Joseph Pilates said, breath is the first and last act of life. And somewhere in the middle, we forget how to do it. What does this have to do with the secrets to pelvic floor success? Stay tuned and you'll find out. So the big question is, how do women over 40 like us keep weight off, have great energy, balance our hormones and our moods, feel sexy and confident and master midlife? If you're like most of us, you're not getting the answers you need and remain confused and pretty hopeless to ever feel like yourself again. As an OBGYN, I had to discover for myself the truth about what creates a rock-solid metabolism, lasting weight loss, and supercharged energy after 40 in order to lose 100 pounds and fix my fatigue. Now, I'm on a mission. This podcast is designed to share the natural tools you need for impactful results and to give you clarity on the answers to your midlife metabolism challenges. Join me for tangible natural strategies to crush the hormone imbalances you're facing and help you get unstuck from the sidelines of life. My name is Dr. Kieran Dunstan. Welcome to the Hormone Prescription Podcast. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the Hormone Prescription with Dr. Kieran. Thanks so much for joining me today. We're talking about pelvic floor disorders and how to be successful in helping and healing them today with Jana Danielson. You're going to love her. It really struck me how incredibly revolutionary what she has created is. After I interviewed her and looked more into the product that she's developed and the educational platform that she's developed for women, suffering with pelvic floor disorders, which is mm, a lot of us as we age, frankly. And she's going to go through how do you identify if you have a pelvic floor disorder? It's not really common parlance that we say, hey, do you have a pelvic floor disorder? And so she's going to talk about the symptoms that you would be having that could alert you that you have some type of pelvic floor dysfunction going on. And more than that, she's got solutions, amazing solutions. And I really love how when we lean into the problems that we're facing so hard, lean into those questions, that we can come up with some revolutionary answers and solutions. And Jana did just that. So I'm going to tell you a little bit about her and then we'll get started. So Jania Danielson helps women have better pelvic floor function by using the Cooch Ball, the world's first patented pelvic floor fitness tool for women. She's an Amazon best-selling author, the founder of Lead Pilates and Lead Integrated Health Therapies and the Meta District, an online wellness community. Jana has coached and consulted with tens of thousands of women from all over the world to help improve their quality of life, their confidence, and their impact in this world. Welcome, Jana. Thank you, Dr. Dunstan. It's great to be here. I'm so excited to have you join me today. We haven't really talked about pelvic floor health on the podcast, how that's happened. I don't even know because it's a super important topic. And you've created an amazing product for women to use. Before we talk about that, can you talk a little bit about how you became so interested in and became an expert in pelvic floor health for women? Yeah, absolutely. So I am the mom of three boys. They're now 17, 19, and 21. So it's not like I'm a new mom, but in my career, I had a career shift about 16 or 17 years ago from the world of corporate into wellness entrepreneurship. 
And Pilates actually for me became a vehicle that I use for my own healing, a lot of undiagnosed pain, a lot of protecting, a lot of holding, a lot of tension in my body, which created a lot of dysfunction and a lot of disconnection from my body. And so through Pilates, I started to understand the way our body worked as systems. You know, we're not pieces. We think sometimes we're arms and legs and organs and skin and hair, and but we're much more than that. We're a skeletal system and a lymphatic system and a reproductive system and a digestive system. And what I started learning through my training and my own healing was that these systems, when compromised, are not just standalone compromised systems. They're going to impact other systems in the body. And when that happens, using the hyphenated word dis-ease, dis-ease is one of the outcomes that can be present in the body. And that's what was happening with me. I became a very, I was, I looked seemingly healthy on the outside, but on the inside, I was slowly, I felt like I was slowly dying. I was losing my voice. I became a very not so confident young woman, didn't know if I'd ever be able to be a mom, didn't know why I would marry my high school sweetheart who just proposed to me because my body was not working for me. And when I found Pilates, it completely changed my life. And as part of that, I guess, experience, 16 weeks into starting my Pilates journey, I was off all 11 medications that I had been prescribed to manage different symptoms that I've been experiencing for two years prior to that. And it really intrigued me. Could you talk a little bit about what was going on for you in detail? Like you said, your body just wasn't working for you. You're on all these medications. I know everybody's wondering like what in the world was happening. So for me, it was manifesting or presenting itself as digestive pain. And this had started when I think back to it, like back in high school, I am the firstborn child, I am a pretty driven individual, and I would get this pain. And I always in my mind just thought, well, that's because I am vying for that high mark on that test, or I want to make that team, or I want it, right? And I just chalked it up to nerves. My little small town doctor also chalked it up to nerves, and I just started taking Tums because I just thought it was, you know, a little bit of acid in my gut. And it turned out to be much more than that. The pain... It was like a a baseball size pain just back from my belly button and it would overcome me. I would be doubled over. It was hard to breathe. I would find myself sitting at my desk at work, kind of pressing the angle of the desk into just above my belly button and I would breathe and that would kind of calm it down for me. It hurt when I moved. It hurt when I didn't move. It hurt when I was sexual with my then fiance. It hurt when I was going for groceries. So I actually named my pain. I named my pain the edge. And it personified that part of me that I had zero control over. And it helped me to, to cope, right? And so the medications started to get added on as I went through a process of specialist, 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 this test, that test, to the point where I sat with members of my medical team and they told me that they believed that the pain was in my head and that I was seeking attention and that there was nothing more that they could do for me. And so that's when Pilates, it was a dark time for me. I was in a very not so great space in my mind. Back then, I wouldn't have said that I was depressed, but as I look back, yeah, I was. 
And when I decided one day, when I saw Madonna on the cover of a fitness magazine in the grocery store and it had the word Pilates splashed across it, I decided that I would buy that magazine and read that article because I was a big Madonna fan. And what I read was words that talked about alignment of the spine and breathing with this muscle called the diaphragm and balance with the front of the body and the back of the body. And there was words like eccentric, like lengthened muscles. And I thought, oh, this is kind of like yoga. I should do this. You know, I had a yoga practice and I went to my first Pilates class and it actually was one of the most disturbing <laughs> lack of confidence 50 minutes of my life. And if I wasn't such a darn keener, and if I hadn't taken my new Pilates mat to the front row of that class, I would have rolled it up and I would have made a beeline, but I, I went right to the front, right by the instructor. And when she started speaking to me that day, she should have been speaking a foreign language because she was saying things like, inhale through your nose to expand the space in your torso. Exhale out of your mouth. Make this H-A ha sound as you let the air exit and you let your ribs melt into it. Like she was saying these things and I was like, what is she actually <laughs> saying? Because my damn body would not do any of it. And I didn't know, should I laugh or should I cry? And, and after the class, I rolled up my mat and my instructor walked up to me and she, she said to me, just hang, on, hang out for a few minutes. So she said goodbye to everybody else. She walked up to me and she wrapped her arms around me and I melted. I burst into tears because for the first time in my life, I actually did not know what was wrong with me because... I couldn't do the simple act of breathing. The first thing we do when we exit <laughs> the body, right, is we take that first big gasp of air and we breathe. I couldn't even do that. And it was very humbling for me. And all my instructor said to me that day was, come back on Thursday. That's all she said. And she opened up her arms and I walked out and my husband was waiting for me or my fiance at that point was waiting for me outside. And I walked out and it looked like I was chopping onions. My eyes were like red and puffy from crying. And he's like, what the hell just happened in that class? Like, why, why, why are you on your knees crying? And I was like, I just have to come back on Thursday. That's all I kept saying. I have to come back on Thursday. And that was one of those defining moments for me in my life where I was, where I realized maybe I was looking in the wrong place for my healing. Maybe I actually had the empowerment to see within me if I could heal here first. And that's what I did. And over the next 16 weeks, I went twice a week to that class and I practiced and I practiced and I practiced. And by Christmas of that year, I had weaned myself off of all 11 of my medications. And I was just ripe for wanting to know more about the body. And that's really how my journey started. Okay. Yeah. You know, we who do yoga, we think we know Pilates and then you go to a Pilates class and you're like, I don't know Jack about this. <laughs> And the breathing, I'm with you. You go and it's like, have I ever breathed a breath in my life? You think when you go to Pilates, like you're doing it all wrong. Okay, so that started your journey. And then you eventually became a master teacher and you've got companies that teach Pilates. And yeah. so what led to the pelvic floor revelation? Yeah, so for me, through my Pilates training and going to different 
conferences and meeting different people, I was always intrigued. So before Pilates, I used to teach other forms of fitness. And I never had heard before that the pelvic floor was a part of the core. I always thought your rectus abs and your obliques and your transverse abs, that was your core. And as I started to learn that the core, the way I was taught, is a cylindrical shaped system. You have on the very outer layer at the front of your body, your six pack, right? Those rectus abdominis. And then deeper to that, you have the sling system of the internal and external or external obliques that twist you and you know, pick up your purse off the floor. Then you've got those deep transverse abs that start in your low back, wrap to your front like a corset to give you shape and posture, security for your posture or for your organs. But then there's a top and a bottom to that cylinder. The diaphragm is the main muscle of respiration, like that mushroom cap sits atop of the cylinder of the core, and the pelvic floor finishes the structure as the floor of the core. And I was like, okay, wait a minute. So this is actually true. When I'm doing my abdominal work through Pilates or before when I used to teach boot camps, I never ever once cued my own body or cued my clients to activate their pelvic floor as they were doing a plank or doing, you know, curling up, doing a roll up in Pilates. And I was like, how did I miss this? What did I do to miss this major fact? And so I just started digging more and more and more. And through my learning, I understood that the diaphragm and the pelvic floor work in a unit as a system, like BFFs in the body. So when the diaphragm is not properly functioning, and as women, we carry tension in two main spots, right? Head, neck, and shoulders, and through the pelvis. So we have been given this primary breathing muscle in our body, the diaphragm, that's huge and very underutilized. And then of course, we've been given the secondary breathing muscles that live in our neck. They're called the scalenes and the sternocleidomastoids. And they're like little strips of like beef jerky. They're meant to help when needed. They're not meant to be like the lead actress in a movie. But for so many of us, because of our forward head carriage, the tension we carried, you know, we grip our jaw, we forget to breathe during the day. We use those little beef jerky muscles as the primary breathers. And so at that point, ladies, we're like a little, a beautiful little goldfish using our gills to breathe on the side of our neck, adding more and more and more tension because those muscles already have a job. They ought to hold our head up. We forget that we have this beautiful big muscle, the diaphragm that when, when not used when not functional directly impacts our pelvic floor. And I was like, it was like this light bulb moment where I was like, oh my gosh, I need to start teaching this way. I need to start teaching beyond the Kegel because it is, I call it beyond the Kegel because when a Kegel, any movement taught improperly can be detrimental from a functional perspective, right? Mm -hmm. So I just started like gobbling up more and more information and trying different things out. And the women I was teaching, it was like, again, like me in that first Pilates class, I was speaking a different language. They're like, we're supposed to be using our pelvic floor when we breathe. And I'm like, yes, on the exhale, it's like drawing, you know, drawing that pelvic floor up, like slurping up a straw, like picking up a grape with your vagina. That's the exhale. Because when we take a big breath in, our lungs fill with air, our diaphragm is at rest because the diaphragm and the pelvic floor are buddies. 
When the diaphragm rests, the pelvic floor has to rest. When we exhale and the lungs empty of air, the diaphragm gets to kind of come into its full glory and work, and that's when the pelvic floor works, right? So that's why when we're lifting up our kids or picking up weights or bags of groceries, we want to lift and stand on that exhale phase of breath. It's going to protect our low back, our organs, and our pelvic, because our pelvic floor is in action. So that's what started to intrigue me. And then I did some work with Dr. Bruce Crawford, who is a urogynecologist from Reno, Nevada. And his research showed that 90% of women with any sort of pelvic floor dysfunction, either coughing or sneezing and peeing a bit, or you know, hypertone where there's just a lack of tone in the muscle or frequency where I don't have to go pee now, but like in a nanosecond, if I don't get to the bathroom, I'm gonna have an accident. All of those women, if there were 10 of them in a room, nine of those women could be taught how to use those muscles, connect with those nerves, and release that fascia in that area in a new way to create an environment for function. Only one of those women would have to get wheeled into a surgery room to get a pelvic floor mesh pinup surgery. And I was like, hold on here. So what you're saying is that movement can heal 90% of these cases. How empowering is that? And that's really what was the impetus for me to be like, I wanna do more about this. And I knew already from my Pilates training that things like, you know, using a foam roller or a pinky release ball on your shoulders or a foam roller on your IT band, you know, the piece of fascia mm-hmm. between and the hip would provide healing, release of the fascia, healthy blood flow, oxygen-rich, nutrient-rich environment for those cells to flourish. I was like, how would I create that in the pelvic floor? And, and that's what I did with the cooch ball. And, and when I started to educate about it, it was challenging for me because no one talks about their pelvic floor. Everyone pretends they're good. Like everyone pretends they don't have one. No. And they don't have a vagina because nobody talks about, they think vagina is a bad word, which it's not. But let's back up a little bit because this is really good. So some people know what we're talking about when we say pelvic floor dysfunction. You mentioned briefly some of the symptoms. Yeah. But just so everybody listening can identify, is this me or is this not me? Okay. I mean, it probably applies to most women who have had children <laughs> because there's so much dysfunction that occurs when that big baby comes through and rips through everything. But can you kind of go through the symptoms that women would be identifying or noticing if they have pelvic floor dysfunction? Okay. So think of it like a continuum, like a number line. Okay. So on one end of the spectrum, we have what is called hyper, H-Y-P-E-R tonic. Okay. Hypertone, too much tone, too much tension, too tight. Okay. So constipation is actually a very common symptom that a lot of women don't realize can be attributed to the pelvic floor. Pain during intercourse is another symptom of a pelvic floor that is too tight, right? Even just general pelvic floor pain can be an indicator of some dysfunction in that area. On the other side of the spectrum, there is hypotone, H-Y-P-O-tone, a lack of tone, all right? There can be, this is where, yeah, you might cough or sneeze or laugh and have a little bit of wetting, or maybe you're starting a learn to run program. Although I do have to say in hypertone, 
sometimes that coughing or sneezing too can cause a little bit of an accident because you're holding, holding, holding all the time and you do that sneeze, right? And there's a little bit of displacement of, of urine. And so those are some of the more common. There is urge frequency as well. And urge is actually, it is a pathway, a neural pathway that starts to get developed when we don't wait for our bladder to actually completely fill before the brain sends the message like I better go to the bathroom and so what happens over time and we've probably all done this before even as moms like to our kids okay we're going on a little road trip go to the bathroom I don't need to go mom just go try it but I don't have to go just go try right and we we (laughs) when they just don't need to or you just don't need to then don't because what that starts to train is if you start to empty your bladder and it's only a third full When it gets a third full, your brain's going to be like, oh, it's a third full. And you're going to go and you're going to pee for like five seconds and be like, well, is that it? Right. And then less than an hour later, you're going to be going again. So there's all of these little parts to pelvic floor, you know, health and wellness. Now, women who have had, yes, large babies, 100%, there can be some pelvic floor dysfunction. Women going into menopause, I think we just anticipate as our hormones are changing, the tone of the pelvic floor is going to change. And that's just become something we just expect as we age. And it doesn't necessarily always have to be that way. I have clients who have never had babies. I have had clients, I have had actually moms buy my product for their 9, 10, 11 year old tween daughters who are still wetting the bed and don't want to go to a sleepover because they are. And in, in a lot of these cases, these young girls are like high level dancers or figure skaters or performers, and they are, they're teaching their body to hold, right? To create a shape and they're actually having pelvic floor dysfunction at those ages being shown as bedwetting. And we've had tremendous success there, right? So one of the main messages through this education around what is a pelvic floor dysfunction symptom is it's not just for older ladies and women that have had babies. It's like we think about, we want strong glutes so we can walk up and down stairs. We want strong arms so we can, you know, have a high level of functioning in our life, activities of daily living. But yet, like you said earlier on, Dr. Dunstan, there's some people that don't even think we have a pelvic floor or they'll use terms like down there. Like you said, they don't use vagina. They don't talk about any of that. And Men too have pelvic floors. Men pelvic floor dysfunction can show itself as erectile dysfunction. It can show itself as back pain, tight hips, even in women, right? And there's a main nerve that comes out of our brain down into that area of our body called the pudendal nerve. And the pudendal nerve is pretty special because it does two main things. It's a sensory nerve. So the sensuality of that area of our body, and it's a motor nerve. It's like the main messaging system from our brain to our pelvic floor. And even things as simple as our posture, putting our phone in our back pocket. Think back to our high school days. I know maybe some of you were like me where I would lay on my bed with a coat hanger to zip up my acid wash jeans because they were so damn tight, right? Like remember those days? And so even the clothing that we wear, the shoes that we wear, it all plays into this ability for this floor. It's a series of muscles that are kind of layered on each other like a hammock. And over time, when we don't take care of it, because we live on a planet with gravity, 
prolapse can be an outcome of a lack of pelvic floor understanding and health because those organs can start to descend. Mm -hmm. And we can fix in a grade one and two, but once those organs have started to displace themselves outside of the body, all the cooch ball work in the world is not going to bring those back up inside. So we want to avoid that. Right. Oh my God. So this is such a good conversation. So I have to give a little Latin lesson real quick. When I was in medical school and we had to learn anatomy, we had this ginormous book with all these Latin terms and we had to memorize them. I was obsessed with looking up at the origins of these words. So pudendal is from Latin. It means ashamed. And it is the nerve that innervates the vulva and vagina is that ridiculous? Right. And that's where hysterectomy comes from. They said that that was what made a woman's womb is what made her hysterical. So hysterectomy was taking out the hysteria part of her. So I know, I hope everyone is very upset right now hearing this, but this is how the female genitalia has been named. So there's a reason why we're all ashamed to say vagina. We act like we don't have one. We call it down there. And so I want to say free yourself, everybody. Pause this recording, and I want you to scream out loud right now, vagina, 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 <laughs> okay? And start calling your parts by their anatomic names. But actually, vagina comes from also, I can't remember, it's Greek or Latin, which means the sheath of a man's sword. That's what vagina comes from. So you really don't want to call it that either. So yoni is kind of the thing that we should be calling it. So I correct myself. I forgot that. So yoni. So anyway, I had to say that. But I think this is fascinating what you're saying about girls, young girls. I had no idea about that. And then I also wanted to ask you, a lot of women suffer with vaginismus, you know, where they get the spasm of those pelvic floor muscles making intercourse painful, yeah. if not impossible, especially if there's a history of sexual trauma. Is this something that you would include in pelvic floor dysfunction that the ball that you're going to tell us all about in a second might help? Yeah, absolutely. And you know, there is such a, um, right now, my latest anatomical obsession is the psoas muscle. And I'm like yeah. really diving deep. I, I go through these phases, right? And I am just right now, like super obsessed with the function that the psoas plays with the pelvic floor and the pelvic organs and the location of them. And so when you talk about vaginismus and any sort of like spasmodic experience that, that people have, when I'm using and kind of coaching on with, with my cooch ball clients, sometimes we don't go right into the pelvic floor. Like we actually will work around it. So we'll get, mm -hmm. them, you know, get them to actually start using their ball and we'll talk more about it as a way to like a pelvic floor release laying on their tummy, or sorry, a, a psoas release laying on their tummy. We'll do a lot of work into the sacrum, you know, into that SI area with the ball. We do a lot of release work through part of the glute, especially through the piriformis. And we start mm -hmm. to just gently 
pay attention to get some healthy blood flow and a little bit of like aha around the area and then you know we'll come into working with the pelvic floor because sometimes there's such a pattern like you mentioned trauma especially with sexual trauma there is such a deeply rooted pattern neurologically that the physical like you know that woman literally has no control will just get even get the ball close to her sitting on it and she's like i'm out can't right right so we really have to focus on and we play around with breath we'll do some sniffing breath we'll do some more calming breath work and that's why it's kind of like that i always explain it to my women like if you see a squirrel and you've got a handful of sunflower seeds and you really want that little squirrel to eat those sunflower seeds you kind of have to turn your head away from the palm of your hand as you slowly bring it down to the ground and slide over to the squirrel. Otherwise, if you come hard and fast, the squirrel's going to dart, right? Mm-hmm. This, in a lot of cases with our pelvic floor, we need to come at it in a slow, steady way so that our brain, our mind, and our body can come together to start to have a bit of a healing experience. Okay, great points. So now let's get to talking about this amazing device that you developed. And I know everybody can't see because this is audio only. So you're going to have to check out Jana's webinar on it. She'll, and you can watch it. So talk about the Cooch Ball. Yeah. So the Cooch Ball was the outcome of me sitting night after night at my kitchen table with my husband complaining about why does no one talk about the pelvic floor? Why do none of my clients ask me questions? And then my inbox is full. Like I, you know, I was on my little rant and finally he said to me, Jana, do something about it or stop talking about it. And it was like, I said, what do you mean do something about it? He's like, well, make something, create something, create something that you can use to help your clients connect with this part of their body. And I was like, okay. And the next day I started creating and I started just playing around as a mom of three boys. We had all different kinds of balls in our basement. I started sitting on them and it was kind of like the three bears. Some were way too hard and way too small. Some were way too big and weight. And I was like, I'm just going to make my own. And that's what I did. I spent in my true entrepreneurial fashion, I got on the phone and I was calling big corporate sporting goods manufacturers like Spalding and Wilson. <laughs> And I would introduce myself and I'd be, I'm Jana Danielson from Saskatoon, Canada, and I'm a Pilates instructor and I want to make this pelvic floor ball. Who would I talk to in your organization? And I would get, I got laughed at, I got hung up on, and I just, I didn't quit. I didn't quit. And so I found a manufacturer offshore and I created the ball and I got a patent lawyer and he's like, yep, there's a design and utility patent here. I got my first unit arrived in January of 2020. I was off to Tampa for a Shark Tank type entrepreneurial competition with the Home Shopping Network. And I won that competition and was scheduled to go back to Tampa to shoot my first eight minute show in April of 2020. And then the gift of COVID landed on our doorstep three weeks before. And I put, I just put up a landing page and started a webinar. And that's the humble beginnings of the Cooch Ball. The focus of it, why it's called the Cooch Ball, first of all, is because I wanted it to have a sassy, chic name. I wanted it to catch people's attention. And I wanted to start the conversation. That was my number one why for picking a name that might be a little edgy for some people because it opens the door 
to having the conversation. And that's what needs to happen. It's called the Gooch Ball for Men. It's a co-branded product. And it's a three-minute experience, ladies. It is what happens on the ball. And I really rooted into the research that I, the Dr. Bruce Crawford, I had mentioned him before, is that any muscle in our body that is lacking oxygen-rich, nutrient-rich blood and is restricted in its function because of this connective tissue called fascia. Think of fascia as like cheesecloth or like linen that wraps every single fiber of muscle in our body. And it not only wraps it, but it starts to restrict like a boa constrictor snake. It starts to restrict and stick to it. And it basically suffocates the muscle from the oxygen-rich, nutrient-rich blood that it needs to thrive. When that happens, the muscle slowly starts to become dysfunctional and die. So when we want to improve the function of our body, the look, the feel, the function, we need blood flow. When you sit on the ball and you work up to three minutes a day and you can sit on your couch, you can sit on the floor. If you can't get on the floor, you just sit on a chair and you breathe diaphragmatically so that the weight of your body when it's on the ball creates this beautiful interaction where that cheesecloth type tissue, the fascia starts to melt because of the force of the ball in the area, all right? We start to feel tingly, warm, blood flow. And for some women, it takes weeks and weeks and weeks to actually experience the blood flow because they're so tight or so disconnected, they don't feel it. But that's the biofeedback that our body gives us, right? And then the diaphragmatic breathing that I walk you know, my women through gets the diaphragm working and wakes up the pelvic floor so that in this three-minute experience, you're getting the release and you're getting the strength simultaneously. And it, it, it's irregardless of where you fall on that spectrum of hypertonic and hypotonic that we talked about 10 minutes ago, because it's a duality, the duality of the experience on the ball meets the needs of really any body. So that's how it works. Okay, so you sit on it, you do certain breathing practices, which you teach, and it works by increasing blood flow. It doesn't go, because when I first saw it, I was like, is she going to have us put that inside our vagina? Because how many inches is it? It's a, well, it's a five, my goodness gracious, ladies, it's a five-inch diameter, so I... <laughs> no, this bad girl is just, it, it's an external product. Yeah. And it's great. You know what? I have women that use this. I'm a big proponent of pelvic floor physiotherapy. So it's a great complement to pelvic floor physiotherapy. I have clients who have been fitted for pessaries that use this with their pessary. So it really does not discriminate as far as where you are in your pelvic health journey. If you're tuning into this podcast and you're like, this is the first time I'm actually learning about all of this and I need a little bit more. My product, it's not just for those advanced learners that have an understanding of their anatomy and what happens. No, it really is for everybody. Even if you think, well, I don't cough and sneeze and pee. I don't have pain during intercourse. It's preventative maintenance just as much as it is healing something that may be slightly dysfunctional. Okay, so let me ask, is it like perineal massage? Is that what you would kind of call it? Is that what it's doing? 
to increase blood flow or? Yes. I mean, it does. Obviously, you're sitting right on your perineum on it. Mm-hmm. So there is going to be that sensation, not so much like massage, but more just like maybe stretch, I would say. But what's happening mm-hmm. inside the body is the weight of the body on the ball, like I said, is getting to those fascial restrictions in and around that muscle tissue. It's also freeing up, like we learned earlier, the pudendal nerve, that ashamed nerve. It is giving that nerve a little bit of room to be like, oh my gosh, I can now send messages more clearly and receive them. I can now have more sensation here because I don't have that fascia that's restricting me. I have all of this amazing blood flow that is nurturing me and I can really start doing I can reconnect to what my job actually is, what my function actually Mm -hmm. is. So those are some of the things that are happening like simultaneously from a physiological perspective while you're on the ball. Okay. So now I know somebody's thinking this, so I got to ask it. Yeah. Do people ever have orgasms while they're using it? Okay. So let me tell you this. So yes, yes. And I'm going to give an example in my own life. So... I never thought of myself as someone that was blocked, right? Like I'm a pretty open person. I, you know, anyways, my work with my root chakra and exploring my own body is I am like light years where I was three years ago when I started playing around with this idea of launching this ball. You guys, ladies, there is so much magic. Our pelvis is like a cauldron. We have become so disconnected from our divine feminineness and and the power, the sheer power we hold in the pelvic bowl of our body and the root chakra in what it can do as the base of our channeling, our energies, our just the magic that we are as women and the sensuality and orgasmic experience on the ball can be very real. Yeah, because the erectile tissue isn't just in the clitoris. Everybody listening, if you're not familiar with your clitoris, you need to listen up. But it is a little mini penis. The the arms and legs. Hopefully you caught Susan Bratton's anatomy lesson at the Stop the Menopause Madness Summit. If you're listening, she described it beautifully. They go all the way around the opening to the vagina, under the pubic bone, so it seems to me if you're sitting on the cooch ball and you're moving, that's getting stimulated. I love how you describe the pelvis as a cauldron. That's really cool. But yes, so many women, oh my gosh, it makes me want to cry when women say, I've never had an orgasm, Dr. Kieran. And I'm just like, oh my gosh. And they didn't have anyone to talk to about it. They didn't feel comfortable talking to their doctors about it. And it really is your birthright, ladies. And it's so important. It helps to balance your hormones, for God's sake. So it's very important for your overall health. You have that functionality for a reason. So do you have any stories that you can share with us about women who maybe were having blocked sexuality? Maybe they never have an orgasm or maybe they were having difficulty to orgasm or maybe women who were just were having other pelvic floor dysfunction and then they use this and they had improvement. Yeah. You know, I want to share a story with a young client I had. She was in her late 20s. She had spent, since she was a little girl, you guys remember like 
the river dance, the Highland dancing. Form. Yeah. And so she was a Highland dancer. She was an elementary school teacher, like I said, newly married. And she came to me and in within about three minutes of us connecting in her first session, she was in tears. And I'll never forget the words she said to me. She said, Jana, I've been married for six months. I've been with my new husband for almost two years. She said, on Wednesdays, I wake up and I have the worst headache and my stomach is in knots all day long because Wednesday nights are the night, in her words, that I let him buck. And I am in such pain for that 15 minutes and I'm manifesting all of this anxiety all day long on Wednesday, knowing that when we go into bed, I this is gonna be my experience. And then I wake up on Thursday morning and I'm so thankful that I have another seven days before it happens again. She said, I am fearful that I will lose my husband. I am fearful that I will never be a mom. And she said, I have never in my life experienced any form of pleasure, any form of sexual pleasure. I don't believe it actually exists. And this was through her sobs, right? And so we got her going with the ball. She probably, I'm going to say the first week or so that she was using her cooch ball, she was maybe able to stay on it for about 30 seconds. That was it. And we would use like one of those, it was called a sit fit. So it was kind of like a spongy, like cushion, right? She couldn't even sit on the hard floor on it. We had to take a little bit of the ouch factor away and we would just focus on her breathing. And so 30 seconds turned into 60 seconds. About a month or six weeks after that, she started telling me that there's not as much pain on Wednesday nights. And we would just, we were progressing and progressing and progressing. And I'm going to say about four months in, she came to her weekly session and she said, Jana, I, I didn't orgasm, but she said, I actually didn't cry while my husband was making love to me. I was able to relax and I could think of myself being on the cooch ball and on the inhale, relaxing. And she said, he said that being inside my vagina was a completely different experience for him. It wasn't like he was trying to break through a rock wall. And it was a beautiful story because about seven months after we started working together, she got pregnant with her first baby. She was became so confident in herself, in her relationship. And that's a story for me that is really special because like you said, it is our birthright to be able to experience our body or have, you know, ourselves or have someone experience in that way to create that outcome. And there are so many women, like you said, that just either don't believe it's in the cards for them or they don't deserve it. And that's not true. Yes, that isn't true. What a beautiful story. And I love how this ball really is. There's so much more we could talk about. I'm thinking of a million questions, but I know we've been at it for almost an hour. So we probably need to wrap up, but I'm going to invite everyone definitely to get your free gift and attend your webinar for sure. But that whole, that sacral chakra, the sexual chakra, the root chakra, so much trauma for women in that area related to our emotions, related to our sexuality, related to our power in the world. And I love how what you created is really, it's kind of a, a concrete way for women to conceptualize and begin to not only address physical problems in that area, but bring attention to those emotional, spiritual 
energetic blocks, I think is what I hear you saying. Is that right? Yes, that's exactly what I'm saying. It's not a one dimension physical thing. There are all these other aspects of the emotionality, the sensuality, the spirituality, and you start to uncover them in layers. That's the beautiful thing is you start to uncover them in layers and just that sense of consciousness and moving up that scale so that it is joyful. It is a joyful part of your body, not a part that you despise or pretend doesn't exist. Awesome. Well, thank you for making that. I can't wait to get mine. Jana's sending me one. I'll let you all know how I do with it and how it unfolds for me. Maybe we'll have Jana back. If you love this episode, let me know because there is so much more that we can talk about. I didn't even get to share some of the amazing quotes she had from Joseph Pilates. I'll share this one, but then we got to wrap up. Breath is the first and last act of life. And somewhere in the middle, we forget how to do it. And I love how you talked about the core really is, it's a ball with a top of the diaphragm, the bottom of the pelvic floor, and then the sidewalls. And so relearning how to breathe is something that you help women to do. And while you heal their pelvic floor. We will have a link in the show notes to a free four-part mini masterclass that Jana has created for you, how to transform pain into inspiration. We will have the link in the show notes. And then you have a webinar coming up soon, the Healthy Pelvic Floor webinar. And I know you do those regularly. So do you want to tell people about the free gift they can download and the webinar that you're offering? Yeah, absolutely. So the free gift, ladies, is really my the roadmap that got me out of my pain cycle. So I offer, it's a four-part little mini-series, 15 minutes of a session, and it's just one strategy that you can start doing in that moment to help to change your life. And then, of course, the Healthy Pelvic Floor webinar, the link, like Dr. Kieran said, uh, to register will be in the show notes. We just take a different approach at different than what you've learned today on the podcast. We're going to learn some of the secrets of the pelvic floor, and it really is the perfect time. If you feel like a cooch ball is in your future, I'm going to say this as a businesswoman, don't get it today. Don't. Go and register using the link that Dr. Kieran gives you to go to the webinar because there are some really great offers that you can't get on my website. So be patient, be patient. (laughs) It's only a couple weeks away. Wait for that webinar on the 1st of September, and then you will grab a whole bunch more value and bonuses that you otherwise would be unable to. Yeah, you definitely want to use the link because you'll get goodies that you won't get on the website. But thank you for that. Thank you for joining us today, Jenna. It's been wonderful talking with you. Like I said, we could talk about so many things related to this topic. And maybe after I've had my cooch ball experience, we will have you back and we can talk some more. Amazing. <laughs> thank you for so much. Yeah. And thank you all for joining us for another episode of the Hormone Prescription Podcast. I hope you have learned something inspirational, informational that will help you move your health towards the brilliance that you deserve. I want you to take action. You know, I tell you that every week. And really what I want you to do is sign up for Jana's webinar on the pelvic floor secrets and listen to all her wisdom 
about the pelvic floor because as you can hear and from listening, probably more of us women than not have pelvic floor dysfunction. And who couldn't always have better sexuality and sensuality? That's really part of good hormone balance and good health. So go check it out. Click the link in the show notes and I will see you next week. Until then, peace, love, and hormones, y'all. Thank you so much for listening. I know that incredible vitality occurs for women over 40 when we learn to speak hormone and balance these vital regulators to create the health and the life that we deserve. If you're enjoying this podcast, I'd love it if you'd give me a review and subscribe. It really does help this podcast out so much. You can visit thehormoneprescription.com where we have some free gifts for you. And you can sign up to have a hormone evaluation with me on the podcast to gain clarity into your personal situation. Until next time, remember, take small steps each day to balance your hormones and watch the wonderful changes in your health that begin to unfold for you. Talk to you soon.